Welcome to Bulletproof, the podcast where you'll hear from people just like you who have dreams and ambitions. These people all win no matter how hard the times. They never quit or give up. That's why we call them Bulletproof. And now, here's the creator and host of Bulletproof, Mr. Bob Coleman. Well, good evening, good evening, good evening, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Bob Coleman, and welcome once again to Bulletproof, the podcast. I'm so excited once again to be back with you, and I'm also equally as excited to have once again my guest here with me, Mr. Antonio Adair. Welcome back, sir. Hey, thank you for having me back. How did you know the vehicle that you chose was for you? How did you know that? Well, I didn't know. Um, Ms. Coleman, to be completely honest with you, I was just of the mindset back then that I was willing to give any and everything a try. Um, as long as it was legal, <laughs> I was willing to give it a shot. And, um, you know, in, in, like I mentioned in the last episode, you know, I was a super shy, quiet guy, uh, introverted guy. However, again, those were things that I did not like about myself and I wanted to attack those things. And a way for me to attack those things uh, was to uh, put myself in uncomfortable situations and do a lot of things that I was uncomfortable doing. And so one of my philosophies is that that same pressure that burst pipes also creates diamonds. And so I wanted to, uh, to become a diamond, if you will, from a metaphoric perspective. Um, and, you know, I just, I just worked on getting better. I worked on improving me. You know, this podcast is called Bulletproof. And we talk about, we tell people that true success is based on laws and not luck. And we never quit. We never give up. But tell the audience or share with everybody here today, one of those days when you felt like giving up, but you didn't. Can you explain that? So I mentioned on the, uh, the last podcast that I left uh, the post office too soon. Okay. And I think a lot of people get caught up in that where it's glamorous. It's glamorous to, um, uh, to be self-employed. It's glamorous to be working from home. I guess, you know, post-COVID, uh, a lot of folks are working from home now, so things have changed up. But back then, it was like, man, to be free of a nine-to-five and be in control of your own time um, was, a, was a big thing, you know. And my mentor at that point, uh, Mr. Self, was uh, free. He didn't have a job, right? And so I wanted to be in the same position that he was in. And he kind of counseled me on, hey, man, maybe it's too soon. Uh, but even with the, the, the counseling from him, I decided to leave uh, the post office and go full time within the industry. Okay. And so I remember being at home and I had a uh, SC400 Lexus back then, right? The little, it was uh, a Lexus coupe with the V8 engine in it. And I had $20. And that day, I was like, you know what? I can go out and I can prospect. However, I needed I had to make a decision whether that $20 was going to be food for me or if that $20 was going to be gas for my V8 SC400 Lexus coupe, right? And so that day, I made an, an executive decision. And I said, you know what? This $20 is not going to do anything for this V8. And so I developed a system 
and I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of business cards back then. That's you know that's what people exchanged. Uh, folks don't really do that so much today because they, everything's going digital. But I had hundreds and hundreds of business cards, right? And so I remember one day um, trying to make a decision: Was this twenty dollars going to be gas, or is this twenty dollars going to be food, right? Uh, because I was waiting for a check to come from the, the post office because I didn't ever contribute to their thrift savings plan. I was like, I'm not going to be here long. But uh, I guess what they put in there, and it was like two or $3,000. I'm not sure. But at that point in time, waiting for that check, that check was everything for me, right? So I was like, the check is coming. Um, so I'm going to make a decision to stay here in the house today, and I'm just going to make calls. And so I had to come up with something creative because having hundreds of cards, not knowing where I, uh, not remembering, I should say, where I met these people, uh, probably I couldn't remember their faces, um, you know, really their names. I'm just exchanging business cards. So that day, I said, you know what, I got to come up with a creative way <laughs> to reach back out to these folks. And so I came up with something and it was, hey, look, uh, I'm, I'll be transparent here. I can't e remember exactly when I'll say, I don't remember exactly when we exchange business cards, but I do have a habit of, ex of exchanging business cards with successful people. Would you consider yourself a successful person? And so my thing was, who's going to be like, no, I'm not successful. Uh, so everyone that I uh, asked that question to, like, yeah, I'm successful. And I was like, well, I can't remember where we met. And, you know, so I basically uh, would call through all those cards, man. And you know, I would take folks uh, out to lunch uh, or plan on taking them out to lunch. Once that check came in, I would invite them out to the weekly briefing. But at that point where I'm in uh, a room in my house, and I have all of these business cards spread out all over the floor. I'm sitting down on the floor uh, with a landline at that time, by the way, because I didn't have a cell phone back then, but with a landline, and I'm like, man, you know, maybe I left too soon. I'm down to $20, and this $20 is going to be food or, or gas. But once again, um, you know, that, that same pressure that creates diamonds also bursts pipes. So my thing was, I had to put my head down, I had to come up with something creative in order for me to continue to press on and, and do what I needed to do. And so I just became very resilient. And you know, one of, one of my other philosophies is that fortune favors the bold. And so I was frightened um, about picking up that phone and calling people that I that I couldn't even remember where I met them at. So later on, after that day, I started saying, okay, I met this person at CVS. Okay, I met this person at the car wash, right? To kind of jog my memory of who this person was if I was unable to follow up right away. But again, um, it just got to a point for me where it was down to 20 bucks and that 20 bucks meant uh, whether I was going to eat that day or whether I would go out and prospect and had that $20 be gas for my vehicle back then. Wow. Wow. You know, you are part of one of the largest business teams. And the name of the company was Prepaid Legal Services back in the day. And you guys, I mean, you guys, your team, it, it did a lot. It motivated a lot of people worldwide. And it also uh, helped a lot of people to realize their dreams and their ambitions. But there had to sometimes be some turbulence, maybe some turbulence behind the curtain. Can you share with what we saw 
on the front of the stage may not have been necessarily what was happening backstage? Well, again, uh, transparency here. I would say, and I can't even, I can't, it's, it's been so long ago. Uh, I can't even remember how long I was even with that company at this point. But I would say that the last three years that I was there, I felt like I lost a piece of who I was every every day being a part of that company and that organization, unfortunately. And I think that, you know, we all had this camaraderie. We all uh, were on the same page, man. We just, you know, we, th there was genuine, authentic uh, love and, and, and caring for one another until um, people started having uh, success and started making money. And so I guess, as they say, every new level, there's a new devil. And, um, um, you know, things started happening once folks started having success and I always say that money is a super fertilizer. It'll bring out in you a lot faster who you really are. So if you're a good person, you start making some income, it can make you better. But if you're a bad person and that bad person start make, starts to make uh, uh, some, some, some more income or decent income, a ridiculous income, then, you know, the worst starts to come out. And so I would say up until my last three years, you know, we were, we were all brothers. Um, we were all on the same page. Uh, everything we did and every decision we made was for the betterment of that team. Or should I say our team? But it, then it got to a point, it was kind of like the breakup with a new addition in Bobby Brown, right? And so <laughs> I felt like I, I felt like Bobby Brown in that situation um, because there were some things that I, I saw, some things that I knew of, and um, you know they just didn't set well with me over a period of time. And so I tried to uh, turn my head to a lot of those things and uh, kind of ignore it and you know turn my back on them. And maybe that was the beginning of the end because things I should have been condemning with me looking the other way, uh, being in a leadership position in that company, being the first uh, executive director in that company, being the first six-figure ring earner, not in the company, but on that team. Let me uh, make sure I correct that because folks will correct me. Uh, so I was the first executive director uh, within Team New Vision. Uh, people have tried to change that history, but it is what it is. And then I was the first uh, six-figure earner um, on that team as well, even though I wasn't the first person on the team. Uh, but, you know, things started happening. And again, I just kind of looked the other way. And, um, you know, other folks were uh, kind of feeding that that beast and i was more so turning my back on it and uh you know the gentleman expected me to be a certain type of friend and you know from the i guess the the persona that he had and the the individual that i was following at that point in time uh i let him know i remember we had a conversation and uh, I said, man, you know, he, he confessed some things to me, uh, a weakness that he had uh, for a particular young lady. And I was like, man, you know what, just I, I don't you can't share those things with me because I had this picture of this guy um, in, in, uh, of an individual and I had him on this 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 pedestal, if you will. And I understand that, you know, you know, everyone has a weakness. And he was at that point in time, a superhero for me because everything 
that I learned about the industry going from zero to 100, uh, every, uh, the person that I became, the leader that I became, the man that I became was based on, you know, this individual. And um, from that, him sharing that with me was really kind of like the beginning of the end. And so, you know, things started to, to, to change because I guess at that point I became, uh, it became an issue because I knew more. I mean, I knew the real deal. I knew what was going on and uh, I became a problem because I knew what I knew. And um, yeah, and, you know, my, my life became threatened. Uh, should I say didn't become them. I was threatened. Uh, my life was threatened um, because of a, a certain situation that was uh, transpiring between this particular leader and someone's wife. And uh, that husband of that wife thought that I was the one who had an affair going on with his wife because I was the single uh, eligible bachelor at that time. And this guy put a, he put a hit out on me. Wow. Are you serious? Wow. Yes, he put a hit out on me, man. Wow. Sure did. Well, I know you're not talking about me, and I know you're not talking <laughs> about yourself. <laughs> right. Not myself. Uh -huh. Right. You're not talking about yourself. Yes, but go ahead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, just, I guess, for to uh, keep myself out of legal uh, ramifications, you know, I'll, 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 I'll do my best to uh, to keep names out of this, but, you know, those folks who were around at that point, um, you know, they probably heard some rumblings of some things and uh, saw some things and they probably like, no, nah, there's no way that this guy would ever do anything of that nature. Uh, but, you know, just, just, you know, this, the, the young lady that uh, the relationship that he had, he was having a relationship with was one of my executive directors. And I remember her, um, just crying and bawling and um, because this gentleman threatened to have her kicked out of the company because she wanted to end the relationship. And it was just so many, it was, it was, it was like a Tyler Perry movie before Tyler Perry was even ever around. You know, there's some things that if, that, that, that if shared folks would be literally blown away um, because they would not believe that this person would even have it in himself to do that. And that's, that's such a part of life, but through it all, you are able to, to, to withstand the pressure to, to a certain extent, but you did walk away from the industry for a while. Tell us about that. Well, you know, for me, um, and, and I, and, and I, like I said, on the, I guess the first uh, episode here in the podcast, like, you know, I love the industry. The issue has become the people and without people, you know, there is no industry. And so, uh, I remember, uh, you know, you know, when we became who we became, uh, as the team new vision, uh, I think we really, um, made direct sales, network marketing, or multi-level marketing acceptable within our community. I, I really truly believe before we came along, people thought this was pixie dust. It was maybe for Caucasians or Asians or something, you know, you know, folks of those ethnic groups. But we really solidified like, hey, this is something that we as a people could do as well. And so as we 
um, you know, came together and we started moving forward and, and, and making some, some, you know, just making an industry that was not, ex that was not accepted in our, uh, in our culture become acceptable. That was exciting. You know, that, that was amazing. And so I think we really gave uh, black folks, if I could say that permission, permission to move forward within the direct sales industry. And so the thing that, um, the thing that had me step away from the industry uh, to answer your question was the fact that uh, I started to see, you know, the, the industry is based on integrity. It's based on character. It's based on, you know, um, uh, you know, going through some things and um, tenacity and, you know, all, you know, and having grit. And then once folks started having success, like I mentioned prior, you know, who they really were to their core started to come to the surface. And, you know, one of the things that um, I heard someone say, and I, and, and I kind of modeled myself uh, behind this and after this, and that is this. Uh, I like being around successful people, but I even like being around successful people who handle their success well even more. And the unfortunate thing was like, as people started having success, uh, within direct sales, regardless of what company it was in. And I'm pretty, and I think you've been, you've seen some of this yourself. As folks started to have success, they were not handling that success well at all. They, they, they just weren't. And because they weren't handling that success well at all, it kind of pushed me away from the industry. And, and, and I was, you know, a part of the corporate teams. I had corporate positions. Uh, marketing directors, and you know, I've seen some things behind the scenes from uh, owners, you know, to top distributors, to just you know, you know, top distributors showing up in marketplaces, and you know, telling folks, hey, let me know when the folks are ready to receive me, and you know, they, they it, it, it just, it just got really, <laughs> really crazy for me, um, and I said, so you know what, let me take a step back because the direction that the industry was headed in, um, it just didn't feel well to me. And I remember there's a gentleman, I won't mention his name either, uh, but had some success and then, you know, went on to another company and really blew up. And I remember I was traveling through uh, Houston, Texas. And this was a guy who at one point before he started having success, right? Um, was like, man, you know, hey, we, you know, we exchange, we exchange pleasantries, if you will. and. Um, you know, things that he may have needed. I assisted him, I helped him out. And I remember uh, being in Houston, Texas at the airport. And, and I had been away from the industry probably maybe a year and a half, two years at that point, and never even expected to see this guy. Uh, anyway, he wasn't even thinking about seeing him, but, you know, uh, we were at our gates and our uh, you know, we, we made eye contact. And I said, oh, that's such and such, right? And so, man, I smiled and I nodded like, hey, what's And this dude act like he did not know me. And I was like, whoa, you know, once again, uh, success is a super fertilizer. It'll bring out in you a lot faster who you are. If you're good, it'll bring it out a lot faster. But if you're bad, it'll bring that out a lot faster as well. Wow. So that's why I kind of took some um, some steps back from the industry for a few years, if you will. Okay. Well, you know, we're talking about your success and we're talking about 
the vehicle in which you had your success, which was prepaid legal services and which was the uh, multi-level marketing. But for someone who may not know, Mr. Adair, is multi-level marketing a scam? No, it is. It's a business. And I think that um, the thing that people don't realize when they say, oh, man, it's a scam, it's a scheme, uh, it's a great rich quick scheme, right? And one of the things that I never realized was like why people have issues with getting rich quick, okay? Uh, a, a lot of folks have tried to get rich slow, and it's never happened for them, right? So why do people, oh, man, it's a get rich quick scheme. You know, if I'm going to get rich, let me do it fast. You know, some folks attempt to do it slow, and it, it never happens. And so direct sales, MLM, network marketing, whatever you want to call it, it is a real business. And I think the thing that pushes people away from the industry is the fact that, um, people do not like to be rejected, okay? And a person may be exposed. They say they go out to their first weekly briefing and they're exposed, or maybe they're on the Zoom and they're exposed. And man, people are sharing stories on how they went from you know living in their car to now they have his and her uh, Mercedes Benzes or his and her Range Rovers, and you know they have you know eight thousand square foot homes, and you know from living in a car to just having more than enough. And people get fired up when they hear those stories and they they hear those testimonials, and they're like, man, they they're ready to charge hell with a squirt gun, right? It's like, oh man, I know so many people who need this and people who could benefit from this, and they call that broke family member, that broke coworker that broke neighbor or that broke church member and not broke, and they may not be broke from a perspective of where they don't have money, but they have a broken mindset. They have a broken spirit, you know, and maybe that person had been exposed, you know, uh, to a, a different company or another company and things didn't work out for them. And they reach out to those folks, man, and they and, and that fire that was ablaze is quickly put out because People don't like to be rejected. And that person you knew was going to do this, they're saying, man, nah, that's a scam, that's a scheme. You know, I tried that back in, you know, 1977, something. I, I tried this company back in, you know, 1980 or 1990. That company went out of business, man. Those things never work. And so uh, I always say this. This is my philosophy, and, and I talked about this in my book, how I believe that everyone, regardless of who you are, um, should give a direct sales or network marketing company at least 24 months. And in that 24 months, you will find out more about yourself than you ever knew existed within you. You're going to find out who you are. You're going to find out who you're, who you're not. You're going to find out who you can count on and who you can count out. But again, uh, to stay focused and ask you questions, because I could go on forever here, I think most people uh, don't look at it as a real business um, because 
It's networking. And that's all we ever do. We network, we network, we network. And if you're not networking, then you're not, then you're really not working, if that, if, if that makes any sense. And so everybody should have a network of people that they're able to tap into. And it doesn't matter whether it's a realtor, it's a dentist, it's a plumber, it's a barber, you know, it's a, you know, a police officer. Everyone should have a network that sh they should be able to tap into. And if they're able to tap into that network, you know, there's someone in that network that will provide a service if you're in the right network there's somebody in that network that will be able to provide a service uh, that you need regardless of what that service is and if you don't have that person within your network then that basically means you're not networking enough but again i believe that most people don't believe that this industry or the industry is real because they've had a cousin a neighbor a co-worker who's told them that no this is not going to work. And so that's why I say, Mr. Coleman, that, you know, to become bulletproof, one of the things to become bulletproof, uh, when people get involved in this industry, they have to OD on PD. And what I mean by that, they have to overdose on personal development. They got to read, man. They got to read. They got to read um, and, and be willing to become a different person. You know, one of my favorite quotes is by Ben Franklin. And Ben Franklin says, you must first pour your purse into your mind. And your mind will pour back into your purse. And so what that means for me is like, you got, you got to read the books. You got to be willing to take uh, the classes. You know, you got to be willing to get on some podcasts. You got to be willing to do some things that you've never done to put yourself in a place that, in, 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 to put yourself in a place that you've never been or you never conceived yourself being able to accomplish. But again, I think most people are, uh, don't look at this as a as a real industry or real business because once again, um, you know you have to contact people and you have to network through people. There are going to be some yeses and there are going to be some noes. And so I always say this, you know, for someone who's getting involved in the industry, uh, and this is a difficult thing to accept. First and foremost, you have to learn the numbers, meaning that hey, for every ten people that you speak to, and maybe one that says, hey, I, I want to get involved in your business, okay? Uh, so you have to you have to learn the numbers, you have to accept the numbers. So if it's only one person that's going to get involved with your business, like, okay, I know for every 10, I'm going to get one, right? And so um, um, you have to go from learning the numbers to accepting the numbers to working the numbers, right? And so when you're working the numbers, 10, you're going to get one, but then everybody's average is going to get better. Everyone's average is going to get better. So you go from, you know, one out of 10 to two out of 10. Then you start having some success. Then you get, you know, three out of 10 people you talk to. And then you get four out of 10. You get five out of 10. But then what happens is some folks start having success where they maybe get eight out of 10 and nine out of 10. And then when they get, you know, two or three folks and say, no, I'm not interested, you know, their ego is affected because, hey, you know, this is, I'm such and such. I'm such and such. How can you say no to me? I have all the trappings of success. Okay, you continue to lose. And though what happens is at that point, um, people... Uh, who, you know, because they've had a level of success, uh, they expect everyone just to move off of what they say. And they got to remember where they were uh, when they initially were exposed to the industry. And so, again, I think that the thing that holds people back is nobody wants to be rejected. And so because there's some rejection, people aren't honest with themselves and they'll say, man, that's not a real business. Right. Well, you know, looking at the clock, we're running out of time here today. Boy, we could go on forever talking with you, but the, let's bring the listening audience up to speed 
Uh, what are you doing now? And as we wrap up, what are you doing now? And is there anything that people can plug into you with anything that you may have going on? Well, brother, I, I am um, considering uh, a couple of things. I, I know that uh, I'm excited about uh, coming to uh, Arizona there uh, in October to assist you with your platform um, of Bulletproof and being one of the keynotes there. Uh, but there are a few other things that I'm just tying the knots on or the loose ends. And uh, I'm pretty sure within the next one or two podcasts, I'll be able to share with folks exactly what's going on. But, you know, my thing is, man, I really want everyone to understand that they have a superpower. And, uh, you know, with your superpower, you know, we all may have to, or you or me or whoever, with the superpower that we have, uh, once we discover what that superpower is, we have to fly into Metropolis and save people because of our superpower. So the whole thing for me, man, is uh, one of the things I should say is helping people um, figure out what their superpower is, okay? And once we figure out what your superpower is, I want to help you empower others with your power, assist you with empowering others with your superpower and helping people realize that they do have a superpower as well. And so um, once again, in the, you know, the very near future, once I just want to put something out there and it changes up, but I'm working on a few things and I want to make sure that they are rock solid uh, before I put that out there to the folks who are listening uh, to the podcast. Awesome. Well, you're welcome back here at Bulletproof. We're looking forward to having you here, of course, in Arizona on October the 7th. It's going to be an awesome, awesome event. And so we're looking forward to seeing you and having you on here as a keynote speaker for the Bulletproof platform. But Mr. Adair, we'd like to thank you for being our guest, for actually cutting the ribbon on our first two episodes of Bulletproof, the podcast. I couldn't think of a more exciting person. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the, uh, the, the opportunity and the privilege of being number one. Absolutely. So there you have it, guys. This is called Bulletproof the Podcast. This is how we do it. Join us each and every Friday morning on Bulletproof the Call. You guys know how to plug in. This is Bob Coleman, your host, saying, as always, we never quit, we never stop, and we never give up because we truly understand that true success is based on laws and not luck. And guys, as always, in all you're getting, Bulletproof. Have a good one.